the incomparable. Number 191, April 2014. It's time for another episode of the Incomparable Podcast. This one live in San Francisco from Macworld iWorld. I'm your host, Jason Snell. Joining me, a fine panel of people who are who showed up, who are here in person, <laughs> and that makes them saints. David Sparks, longtime listener, first time caller, or or person who's on the podcast. Welcome, Jason. I have to admit, I feel like I've just been called up to the show. I'm a big fan of the Incomparable Podcast, and now I need to deliver. So yeah. I'm here with my picks, and I am ready. Don't mess it up. Don't blow it. <laughs> I won't. We'll never Seren- invite you back. Serenity Caldwell is also here. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to actually be on Incomparable again after a month of toiling you're, away. You're a very busy person. I am a very busy person. It's great when you can join us. But I know I'm you are very busy. <laughs> you're skating and robbing banks. Oh, I'm not supposed to mention that part. Okay. That's uh, secret. Dan Morin also here. Hello, Where Dan. Am I? What's happening? I just I blacked out and I woke up on a stage recording a podcast. It sounds that, like most of this weekend. That's pretty much how I handle podcasting. <laughs> podcast booking is by knocking people out, dragging them onto the floor, and saying you you're in a podcast. You can't argue now. with results, Jason. That, that's exactly right. Dan Frakes is also here. Hi, Thank Dan. You. Thank you. Um, he actually offered to pay me. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you're only ever here when you're on MacWorld. It seems like when you're on the stage. Yeah, uh, I'm an infrequent participant. Yeah, but you you you've been on various yeah. episodes, which is uh, uh, Jeff Carlson is our other guest. He's only seemingly on when we're in weird locations although you did one on skype so i've been on more more incomparables live than any than, than the others yes <laughs> yes it sounds very impressive when you think it's i've been on two versus one but still many many more he shows up when there's something happening Twice live anyway just to, to explain for those who don't know the incomparable is a weekly podcast about geeky pop culture but for MacWorld, iWorld, we decided to do something a little bit different uh, in the sense that we're going to be talking about computers, but we're going to do it in inimitable, well, actually, it's very imitable, but it, we'll say inimitable, incomparable style, which is to prove everything is improved if put in fantasy draft format by drafting things in an order as if you were forming some sort of fantasy baseball league made out of computers. Computers. Things just are much more interesting. So the way it works is my panelists are going to pick. Uh, they're going. We're going to start all the way over with Jeff and move toward me. Ooh. And you are going to pick a computer from history. I am the judge and jury and executioner. So if you try to pick something like C-3PO, you are going to feel a lot of pain because he's a robot and not a computer. Uh, and and I was anticipating there would be a lot of Macs chosen today, given where we are. But you know, you could you could uh, surprise me. So Jeff Carlson. What is your first choice in the incomparable computer draft? Well, a computer is usually associated with power, with uh, fast processing, with smarts. So I'm going to go top of the line, the Commodore VIC-20. Yeah. My my first computer. The the great thing about the Commodore VIC-20 was that uh, there was, of course, no, no monitor. You just hooked it up to a television, and you... Could program in in in, in basic with it. Um, it. It had little um, characters printed on the keys with a special uh, uh, shortcut key. You could like draw things, and uh, I think perhaps my favorite part of it was the uh, cassette tape storage system. It had a big rolling number system, so if you wanted to load a program that you had saved, you had to fast forward to you know like one nine two, and then. Have it start listening to the tape and load it to get your 
your program on. My, my signature achievement, and, and this is going to demonstrate how proficient I am as a programmer, I made a space shuttle out of all these little codes and made it go off the top of the screen. Well, not off the top, but made it go up the screen, and it even looked like there was smoke. It didn't actually look like that, but <laughs> in my head, it was so awesome. The equivalent of spaceship ASCII art. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. All it right, took, and it took me forever. You were real so, hit on the ASCII art circuit. Yeah. yeah. So the Macworld iWorld panel for the incomparable computer draft begins with a Commodore VIC-20. I don't think the experts, the draft ranking experts, would have seen that coming. Some might call that a reach as the first pick. Could have traded Jeff down. Jeff you have been eliminated. Built up some picks, but that's okay. I, uh, we're not here to judge. Well, we are here, and we are judging you, but that's fine. Yeah, we are here to judge. Like Dan the, Frakes. Jeff's like the Charlotte Bobcats. Yes, you are, you are the s- number two pick. So um, I'm going to go the opposite end of the Commodore Big 20. And no one said these had to be real computers. No one said so, they had to be real computers. I'm going to pick Jarvis, Tony Stark's oh. workshop computer. Oh, yeah. All right. You're just making that up. Who is sort of like Siri for the ultra-rich Playboy. <laughs> um, I mean, who doesn't want that kind of computer? It's like the most powerful computer in the world, apparently. And you can just tell it to do something, and it will do anything. Um, show me a five-to-one scale topographical map of New York City that I can pick up and move and change. And says, okay, sure, here you go. Um, and it can build things, and it can... I mean, I, I can't think of a better computer if I had to pick one. So that's my pick. Jarvis has amazing networking, too. No matter yes. where he is, he it's gets all of my space, a, no a brilliant, perfectly clear connection. Yeah. Yes. I think that's technic- just technically, like uh, it's... He's everywhere, right? And there, there yes. are like multiple Jarvises. And, yes. Wait, he's Skynet? Well, I, I think oh, that's the plot shit. of the next Avengers movie, actually. <laughs> I was about to say, I choose Ultron. <laughs> a robot. See, once yeah, you get the body, you cannot do. No. Robot. That, we'll save that for the robot draft. Yes. All right, Jarvis. Tony Stark's Jarvis. Stark Industries Jarvis. Uh, Dan Morin, you're up. Oh, Real so, and imagined computers. So many options. Well, if you're picking Jarvis, then I am picking Whopper. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> everyone else is going to take it. I'm getting there first. Wait, why? Because it can play it can play chess. It can play global thermonuclear war. It really covers kind of the whole gamut there. It's got great graphics. It's got a giant box that it comes in. It's got a cool acronym. And he talks. And he talks. Like, what else do you really talks need? talks with an English accent. I mean, so does Jarvis. Like a programmer, <laughs> yes. But Jarvis was English originally, right? I mean, he's also Paul Bettany, so yeah. I don't know what you want to do about that. But um, anyways, yeah, so that's a, that's the I, I have a big, uh, a certain amount of fondness for the old, what, the, what we call now Big Iron, right? You know, so well, so for, for people who don't know who Wapa is. Wapper is from, from, from yes, War Games. The, the seminal 1982 or two, 83 film three. War Games starring um, Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy. Yes, and Wapper is the computer that is run by, I believe, the Defense Department. Yes. Um, and among other things, apparently controls our entire thermonuclear armament because that seems like a really good idea um, and can it gets a little tetchy sometimes easily hacked into yeah. by a teenager in seattle that is one of my top requirements in a giant mainframe computer wouldn't be one without it uh, and it sounds like a burger king product so i mean i think it really it really takes all the boxes you wouldn't want to eat whopper though you wouldn't want to eat whopper the Whopper, in addition to having that giant screen in the nuclear arsenal that it controls, has a little tiny LCD screen right. on its side with a little light that just kind of goes left to right. 
Just for extra bonus uh, excitement. So it looks cool. It looks cool. In man. case you unplug it from the monitor, you still got a little status. Window. Never underestimate the power of simply looking cool. Yep. All the, right, the Whopper. Whopper's the off Whopper the board. The Whopper also has, has, I think, the signature. That maybe it started the fact that, that every password that you use must be the name of a child. <laughs> right. Joshua. No one will guess Joshua. Yeah. And if it, that fails, Joshua won probably is the password. Joshua 1974 or something. <laughs> yeah. I also uh, keep in mind that it's built by uh, a man whose last name is Falcon, right? Which is pretty awesome. Yep. Professor, greetings, Star Professor Wars Falcon. Tie. That's all I'm saying. And if you awesome. want to log in as Falcon, you just need to say, I am Falcon. Or yeah, it's, log it's, in with his password. I, the voice voice authentication is, is really ahead of its time, yeah. I think. All right, so Whopper is off the board. Serenity, what do you have? All right, well, I was going to go with a legitimate computer that existed in history. <laughs> Save us. You might want to give it has changed. That's round two. Given, yeah, I, I'm afraid I have to start with my fictional pick. And while I, you know, I had Whopper on the list, and I think Whopper is an excellent choice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there are plenty of megalomaniacal computers that exist. And I think my, my favorite, my, my top of the top, is GLaDOS from Portal. GLaDOS oh, from Portal. The artificial intelligence that started small, has a tragic backstory, and can basically rule everybody in its path, let's well, be fair. The and experts really liked that pick. Yes. yes. <laughs> GLaDOS is an excellent, you know what? She's funny. She's snarky. She has a great singing voice. I think we can agree that... In terms of fictional computers, GLaDOS could almost be anyone in an opera competition and probably murder. With panache. Yes, and portals, because everything's better with portals. Yeah. All right. David, you got you, are you going to drag us back to reality or are you going to plunge us no, deeper into no insanity? Way, no insanity. Insanity. I, I, I agree that we've had some great computers picked, but there's only one computer that we should all be thinking about. It's the computer that's responsible for our existence. As we all know, we are a computer program ourselves, looking to find the answer to the life universe and everything. And we do owe our existence to deep thought. <laughs> deep thought deep from thought Douglas from Adams. The Hitchhiker's uh, Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. A yeah. computer constructed by mice who are actually pan-dimensional beings in order to figure out the ultimate answer to the ultimate question. Oh, no, the ultimate the question. The ultimate question of life. The, the, the answer is known. The answer is 42. So yes. the ultimate answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. How many roads must a man walk down? Right. Yes. Except it, it turns out that the, the, this whole process is corrupted by a crash landing of a spaceship, which leads to the, the question that comes out being, what is six times eight? Yes. <laughs> which is not the right question. <laughs> not so much. I'm not going so to fault the, uh, the program, but the original computer is, is my pick. All right, deep thought. Got it. I I have a crazy pick too, but I'm going to drag us back to reality. I am going to pick the, uh, with the exception of the PowerBook 100, the first generation of PowerBooks. Oh, they're going to pick the Macintosh Portable. <laughs> no, not the Macintosh Portable. Although I, I think you could swim with that one if a cover of a magazine tells me so. The PowerBook. My, my uh, first PowerBook was the PowerBook 160, but that entire first PowerBook line completely changed the idea of what you could do with a computer for not just me, but I think for lots and lots of different people. Um, the, suddenly your Mac could come with you. There became all these stories about Hollywood big shots who would have their computer with them at, when they lunched at a Hollywood lunch spot and things like that, which is hilarious. Um, did, you need, did you need a table for two if you brought your computer? They were, one seat for you, one seat for your computer. They were not as big as you would think, given, given everything. That, they, it was a transformative thing. I had a Mac SE before I got the PowerBook. And, you know, that was a computer was a thing you did at a desk somewhere. And then all of a sudden, I could use my Mac 
anywhere to do anything that I could do on that on that desktop computer, and it was just it completely changed the world. So um, that that whole first line was like the first real laptop breakthrough. Went a long way to making the Mac um, successful in a second wave of successful products after it sort of cooled off uh, when the original Mac had come and gone. So I say the uh, the first generation of the PowerBooks, except for the PowerBook 100 because that was really slow and no good. But the you know the 150, the 160, the 170, the 180, those were awesome. So. That's my uh, 140, too. They had many numbers that were not helpful. This is why Apple doesn't number things now, is because there used to be all these random numbers and nobody wants them. Oh, yeah. They, they're, mu- they're much better now. The iPhone, the iPhone 3G, the iPhone 3GS, the 4, the 4S. <laughs> like, or the iPad. Which iPad is it? The third generation iPad, the uh, iPad 2. Uh, the right? all new yeah, but these are names the new iPad. iPad. These are names we give them because they have no names. The that's new, the, that's yeah, the, the new big difference. The names are in your heart, Jason. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that's my choice. I, I went uh, reality. All right, uh, well, we'll see, comes, see if Jeff Carlson continues the reality train. So Jeff later. Carlson obviously got the wrong memo about which things to choose here. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff Carlson there was is no memo. Uh, making this up is all things. intuition that's happening here. Ah. Play by your gut, man. Yeah. My intuition API. I, I am going to go real world, and I'm going to go old real world because of of influence, and I'm going to go with Colossus. Ooh, good the, choice. The, not uh, the X-Men. As, as, no, not, not, not the, the X-Men, X-Men. Colossus. Okay. Um, not a mutant draft. Not a mutant draft, no. Um, Sadly. Colossus was the, the, the uh, I think some people credit it as like the first big computer. I don't know if it's technically the first computer, but um, it was, it was me- mechanical, it, wasn't it? It was mechanical and uh, uh, like lots of vacuum tubes, and, yeah, yeah. and basically it was it was designed by uh, Alan Turing and uh, the the British to uh, win World War II. Basically, break German codes and Japanese codes. Uh, I think it mostly did the Japanese uh, codes. And so um, while you know Tony Stark's uh, uh, Jarvis. AI Jarvis is Cute. Is, Cute. is is fun um, and you know can help to uh, put interdimensional beings back where they belong. Um, you know Colossus won the war, man. Won the big one. So uh, good pick. Know, All right, solid pick. Drop some Robert Shaw here. You know? Very strong. We dropped the bomb. <laughs> All right, Thank Dan you. Frakes. How do you follow that? I'm I'm going to go back to to fake. Okay. <laughs> Do not engage. Do not engage. He doesn't want to live in reality. Very well. So I did Jarvis with the first one, and that is sort of the modern-day dream AI. So I'm going to go back to when I was, like, 12, and um, then the modern-day dream uh, 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 computer, is it was Kit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, okay, he's a Wait, car. Yeah. He's a yeah. computer. He's, he's a, a, car. a robot. He's a car, not he's a robot. He's Judges. not a robot. Judges. Not a robot. Allowed? Um, Allowed. And, right. was, and, you know, he was smart. Him, he was intelligent. He was also everywhere. Even if you weren't in the car, you could talk to him. You know? He had a British accent, right? He is snarky. He was, um, you know, he made fun of you if he, he felt like it. He was, he was a cool British? computer. It was a more posh yes. American accent. Right. Than it was a yeah, well, you're right. You're it was right. William it, was. Dan- it was that doctor from St. Elsewhere. Right. Was the right. Right. Voice of William, Kim, William Daniels. Daniels and yes. the uh, Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. Um, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want a car that? It, again, it's like Siri twenty years ago. You know, Siri. You know, what's the answer to this it's equation? Hard play. But but Kit was so combative. He was like. 
you know, every time Michael Knight wanted to turn on the turbo boost or do something, you'd <laughs> be like, well, Michael, I don't think you should do that. It's like, who wants to get nagged by their car he's like the, that? He's the Alfred of Kit was a killjoy. He was uh, a killjoy. I think that's a weak pick. But all right. <laughs> I'm going to... Ouch. I'm going to let... I it's just, allowed. Kit, I would not want my kid in my car is what but I'm But I've saying. already got Jarvis, so... We- you know, if, if I was picking kid as my first, yeah. I'd say, okay, but I've already got Jarvis. You're, you're, yes, your picks are of a kind, and I'm not sure I would like to hang out with either of your picks, but fair enough. Dan Morin, what's uh, your next pick? I, I'm going to take a cue from the Jeff Carlson playbook. I'm going real, and I'm going historical. Uh, Charles Babbage's difference engine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the That's first useful. computer. Hey, it may not be useful, but without it, we wouldn't have wow. a lot of other computers. That's ENIAC right. still on the board. So ENIAC still <laughs> on the board. But Charles Babbage's different engine from the 19th century yes. was the first real computing device. Um, it could be programmed. It had the possibility of doing things that were otherwise really, really difficult to do at that point. Required, you know, before that point, computers were, were people. They were people who added up sums of columns and things like that, but... Uh, Charles Babbage really brought us around to the modern way of thinking things. And, and without him, we wouldn't have any of these other computers, I say. So uh, I think you have to acknowledge the fundamental superiority of the computer that started them all, except for maybe David's pick of Deep Thought. Yeah, I just didn't know we were drafting mascots for our teams. <laughs> well, you have Jarvis and a car. What do you want? <laughs> Very colorful. Very nice. Okay. Fair enough. I like that. Steam-powered. It's, yeah, it's retro, steampunk. There's a whole lot of synergy going on there. Oh, yeah, I see where you're going. You're, you're appealing to the masses. You're trying to reach a specific demographic here, Dan. Oh, yeah. Very cagey, very wily. All right, Serenity, what do you have? All right, well... What crazy thing are you going to choose You now? know what? I, I think that all of these have been somewhat crazy so far. So let's go to reality and let's go to fairly modern reality, um, at least 20th century. So when I was entering middle school... Um, it was required at my, my middle school that all students get a ThinkPad. And when I told my father this, he said, no, there's no way you're walking into your classroom with a computer whose mouse is like a little tiny nub and you have to like inch it around the I screen. believe it was the top of an eraser. <laughs> Just stuck it on the, in the middle of the keyboard. He's like, no, sorry, no daughter of mine is using a ThinkPad. Um, and so began the long tradition of my dad giving me outdated computers um, that were lovingly cared for. And my very first laptop was the PowerBook Duo. Um, it wasn't the iBook that I desperately wanted, <laughs> but it was awesome. The fact is, you know, sure, my classmates could play The Sims in class on their ThinkPad, but um, I had Escape Velocity Nova. And I had that run on three hours of battery life it was if a I color turned it duo, to black huh? and white. Wow. So I, I felt pretty smug, and I felt like I got longer battery life than any of my friends because they couldn't figure out, wait, how do I turn it back to black and white? How do I do this? Oh, I'm just wasting all of my battery on, on a silly game. So I really like my PowerBook Duo. It still holds a fond place in my heart, and I think that's why I own an 11 inch chair today is holding did, on to the tiny computers. Did you have a Duo Dock? Though? I did have a Duo See, Dock. that's pretty cool. I never used the Duo Dock. Oh, but, uh, I always thought that was cool. That was the front-loading VCR of computers. <laughs> <laughs> the Duo Dock. Aww. Was there a rear-loading VCR? Let's well, not ask too many questions. Oh, yeah, there was a top-loading top VCR. VCR. It's yeah, true. The front-loading VCRs of computers, and, and, and uh, the Duo Dock had its own processor in it, so that when you inserted the Duo, it would use the, uh, the Dock processor, which was more powerful. Yes. It had the math coprocessor in the Dock. Yeah. Super-powered computer. Yeah. Crazy stuff. 
So basically, I'm drafting a Transformer that's also a real product. Yeah. <laughs> points points to Ren. She, uh, you game the system. David, what, what, do you, do. what do you have? You know, thinking back to nostalgic computers, I can't help but think about my old Tandy Model 100, Aww. which was a keyboard with eight lines of LCD screen on it. And it wow. ran on a couple AA batteries, and it ran for a couple months on a pair of batteries. And all you could do, you could type basic programs in it, and you could type words. In fact, that was the beginning of my love affair with text files, I think. Because you could write all the text in it, you take it to school or whatever, write all your text, then you plug it into a Mac and it would dump a text file in. That was my original iPad, I think. So I'll pick the Tandy Model 100. So did it? Could it connect to a TV or a monitor, or no. was it just? It just no. had its screen. No, no. So that it was, was almost that was, like a that like was a lame. typewriter. Who you needs to could connect to a TV? It to a cassette player, if you had the extra cord, but I never got the, that. Wow. So you just had eight lines of text. Eight on lines a, of text, and I think LCD it had screen? like I don't remember how much memory. I think it was like one K of storage. Half the VIC-20, which I think I believe had 2K. <laughs> yes. Why would you even need more than that? No. Why would question. you need more? No one will ever more than more 2K. K. No. Yeah. That was a great computer. All right. Um, I am going to pick. I've got a Mac on my board now, so I'm feeling pretty good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reach back into the past a little bit to before some of you were born and take the Apple II. And I'm gonna take the Apple IIe, which is the computer that I had. So the computer that I used from eighth grade through my freshman year in college. Um, had a lot of floppy disks, had a lot of funny programs, wrote a lot of 10 print hello, 20 go to 10 basic oh, yeah. programs, learned basic <clears throat> forward and backward, ran a bulletin board, uh, played games, the whole nine yards. That is the, that is the definitive uh, computer of my, of my youth that I, I learned how to use and love computers. And the Apple IIe I pick partially because it came with upper and lower case. It had a super snazzy 128K uh, graphics expansion card. It would do 80 characters on a line instead of You know, when you 40. said it came with an upper and lower case, I thought you meant like you, it has a shift key? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's yes. amazing. The Apple, II, the Apple II Plus did not have a shift key. You had to modify the ROMs and modify the keyboard to support upper and lower case characters and don't let don't ever let anybody tell you that the old stuff isn't good in, in the old days in the old days um of the bulletin boards did you only have the numbers one through seven two or eight and nine were deemed too expensive yeah, you to, to play on the computer that you just instead of eight we would just say four plus four <laughs> what are you talking about and, no but some people would log into the bulletin board uh, systems back then and they would post things and it would be all lowercase and you and you'd look at it and you'd be like oh apple two because <laughs> they had no shift key and they couldn't see that it was in lowercase because the Apple II key set uh, of the original uh, uh, and the two plus was only uppercase until they modified it. So the two E is my choice for that. Wasn't the two E the model that there was some sort of uh, manufacturing defect and the the, the, the the processor or the memory would not get seated correctly? And so the official uh, Apple's official fix was you had to get it flat and drop it from yeah. a height of like two feet or three feet to seat the memory. <laughs> I, I don't know that story, but it's entirely possible. I had that, a, thing was, that thing was built like a tank. I had yeah. a cousin who worked in computer repair and he used to tell me stories about picking up computers and dropping them to fix yeah. them. That was the official Which I thought advice. was awesome. I, I wanted to go into <laughs> well, computer those repair were the days that. before hard drives, so it wasn't really a problem to do stuff like that because yeah. you didn't have a spinning platter to worry about. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Anyway, Apple IIe, e, that's my pick. We're going to move to the third round, and Jeff, it's back to you. Um, I'm going to go practical again, but I'm going to come a little bit forward in time. 
um, for something that that uh, I used quite a bit, and I think has a huge amount of influence over everything that we're do- doing now, and that would be the Titanium PowerBook G4. Um, it was thin, it was uh, powerful, it was made entirely of t- titanium, and here I must be um, uh, a little embarrassed because. Uh, You've probably all like like seen uh, um, videos of, of Apple keynotes, and um, a lot of them have there's a sizable press um, uh, group, and I was pressed for when this this was uh, uh, announced. And so Steve Jobs is is talking about this new laptop, and you know is, is sort of teasing things, and they put a big square in it with a with a TI the the, the titanium uh, symbol on it, and they're like you know what is it going to be, and I lost my brain and I was like titanium and it was actually something you could hear because I wasn't thinking because I was very excited because my old computer was really really dying so um, I I was the the doofus that did that but <laughs> I think I, I think you can hear it was on the video Jeff, it's you are the doofus you yes did. you'll yeah. always yeah. be that doofus excellent <laughs> impartial journalism all the way yeah. <laughs> um, but but what's what's really notable about it is that's the first thing where Apple started mass producing uh, you know formed metal um, um, machines which most everything they're doing now it turns out that titanium was a terrible uh, uh, yeah, I was material mention, to work I was ask, with. Does yours come with a first or second hinge on it? Um, <laughs> my hinge managed to stay uh, intact. It, it, it got banged up and and you know like scratch and and all over the place. Um, and, and then at, at some point, the battery decided that it would just expand a bit. But it was it was great. So in your favor here. It was the first silver Apple laptop. Apple still hasn't gotten over that. It all, all, that that was the moment when the, the Apple laptops became what we think of them today as. Yes. The look yeah. has not changed very much since then. Well, and not just that it looks silver, but but that they they started doing really interesting things with 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 metal and materials and shaping in, in an era when when you know all the other computer manufacturers were like we'll just you know take these plastic bits and, and yeah. screw them together and they're really shaky and and it was just one inch thin <laughs> one inch thin not not every one inch thick that's right no one inch thin <laughs> um, they had to paint. It, but paint doesn't stick to titanium, so people's paint chipped off. Remember the little, the titanium paint vials you yep. could get to touch them up. Titanium is soft and become can become brittle, and so it turned out that this was the only laptop Apple made that was made with titanium. It was very light, yeah. but it was soft and brittle. My personal, I love the titanium PowerBook too. It looked so cool. Uh, my my personal memory of it is sitting on a couch, uh, working, and my daughter, who was one and a half at the time. Walked over to to the computer and put her hand on the on the screen and went pop, and popped the entire screen off oh, because nice. it was that brittle. <laughs> yeah. A toddler can destroy this computer with one hand. Well, and and it also had uh, a, like a, an interesting add-on possibility because the the iBook had come out and uh, the iBook had a handle. And, and people were like, well, gosh, you know, like, why, why don't MacBook Pros have, I mean, sorry, MacBook, why don't PowerBooks have handles? And that hinge, you could either send it away or get a kit where you could unscrew the hinge and attach a little, um, uh, you know, metal handle to it. Um, I, I, yeah, I also really that, ugly. I don't remember, we, I believe it might have been the first Mac to also have a super drive. As I recall, yeah, I think you're oh, right. Yeah, I, don't, I believe because I remember I was Lots writing. I DVD. I wrote it up back yeah. in uh, is what 2001. 
I want to say 2001, early 2001. Yeah, you can say if you'd like. Go ahead. It's a good time. Also, if you'd like to shout out any elements, you can do that too. Oxygen, woo! All right, good, good job, Jeff. Anybody know another, no other favorite elements? Okay. Aluminium. Aluminium. Vanadium, woo! Okay. Dan Frakes, what do you have for us? We're third round, right? We're in the third round. The HAL 9000. It's moving fast. We may, we may have, we may have a fourth round, depending on how this goes. All right. So you know how in in sports, like we get to the later round, sometimes teams will be like, okay, we're okay. I'm going to use this this on a sentimental. This guy's tried really hard, you know. Okay. So that's this is like drafting the general manager's grandson, right? Exactly. Sort of thing. All right. So, so I'm going to draft the uh, the Power Mac G3 All in One. So, Aww. how many people knew this existed? The molar! The molar! It is called the molar. That's what we called it. So, it, this is kind of a forgotten Mac. It was a brand new Mac. It was the iMac before the iMac. Five iMac-ed. weeks yeah. before the iMac debuted. So, here you are. Here's your shot in the, spot in the spotlight for five weeks. Um, and it was only available to education. So, most people didn't even know it existed. Um, but uh, it's, it's become sort of this, uh, this, this forgotten Mac. And... A lot of people think the iMac is sort of the, this is the computer that showed the, the, the change. You know, Jobs came back, here's the iMac, everything's different. I contend that the molar was the start of that. Yeah. So, so it, was, <laughs> it, was, um, it had a translucent top. So, well, let me back. So it, was, it showed where Apple was going at the same time showing how horrible things were at Apple before <laughs> it. It um, was beige. It was, it was beige, beige with a translucent top that made no sense um it was uh it looked like it looked like a huge molar yeah so it it had inside it had ide and scuzzy it had two hard drives (laughs) threw a bunch of stuff in really two hard drives what do we got what do we got got? um it had three pci slots in a all-in-one imac type thing um it had uh it had an upgradable processor and upgradable i mean it was like all the complaints about the old Apple. Let's see how many things we can throw in this and name it horribly with the new Apple where oh, let's make it all in right. one and start to use plastic and things. So they had all the old insides and then they gave it to Jonathan Ive and he's like, what the hell do like, you well, want to do with this? Kind of do something this with this. This is hideous. Right? I, I mean, I could, I could make it look like a giant tooth. <laughs> right. No, no, I was kidding. Oh, I've got the sketch over here that nobody's going to do with. And right. oh, You need this done quickly? Here, just do that. Right, right. It's for education. It's fine. Nobody right, exactly. And, and you know what? It was actually a really yeah. good machine. It, was, it, it lasted. The, we had a few in our, the schools where I was working. It lasts. It performed well. It had all the features. You like? Can you put this in? Yes, you can. Um, but it was five weeks later they announced the iMac, and everybody's like, "Sorry, yeah, sorry, tooth, you're Goodbye, gone." All in one. <laughs> Pull that molar right. So that's my out. sentimental pick. All right, that's a good one. That's it sort a good one. Ground um, itself out. <laughs> that was that was lower on everyone else's board, but we see that you might choose it sentimentally, Dan. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go sentimental and, and inspirational. I used to read uh, well before I started working. I used to read MacWorld, uh, and I would get my issue every month. And I remember the most exciting issue I, I ever read was the one that um, had the uh, I think had some Im- images of the 20th century or, or the, the 20th, 20th anniversary, anniversary. anniversary. Oh, Mac, yes. which had a what was it like an eight inch full LCD, mm-hmm. something like seven or eight inch LCD. It was vertical. It had a it was had a vertical basically CD a PowerBook five hundred yeah, stuck in a right, desktop. Stuck, no, it, it was yeah. it wasn't a fifty three hundred except it didn't catch on fire. And yeah, it was well that was a feature. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. it was a Blackbird. Yeah, it's not the one that was supposed to deliver to your house. Yes, it was. It had a Bose speaker on it. It was delivered. It was concierge service that came with it. A man came to your house and assembled it for you. One of the few again again. 
been a pre-Steve Jobs uh, attempt, oh, yes. attempt by Apple to capitalize on yes. nostalgia. But I loved the idea of it, like like leather it, palm rest. It looked futuristic yeah. in a yeah. way that most Macs coming out at that point were actually just beige boxes. Well, I mean, it, it, in some ways, it was like the I'm what the iMac would be eventually, and that right. it was an all-in-one using laptop technology yeah. to make a desktop. Yeah, so it was really ahead of its time. Uh, it was, I believe, completely impractical. I believe horribly frog expensive. design. Mm-hmm. I think frog design so. or, it was or horrible performance. Day. Yeah. yeah. But it looked awesome, and they, that was really all that it, mattered it to sold, me at it, like, 15 yeah. years old or whatever. It, oh, no, it was cool. It was sold so poorly that they started giving it to, like, institutions. If you bought 20, you know, computers, we'll give you a 20th anniversary. <laughs> Please, take Well, there was a, uh, I can't remember, there was Sorry. a TV show or a movie or something where somebody has one in, like, in the background. It's just like, and it was, it's clearly there as an attempt of, like, oh, this person is fancy because they have a 20th anniversary <laughs> Macintosh in the background. That's so futuristic. So I never owned one. I, it was no. really expensive, too, I right? I saw one. Well, yeah, it's, 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 oh, it started at 10000 right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, wow. ridic- you, there, there was no way you were ever going to buy it, one. Eventually, they lowered it to like 7500 then 5000 yeah, And then we will pay ask. you right. to take the 20th anniversary. And it was not take good it when it was new. No, it was no. slow and pointless. It was like two years, it was new. Two but, years past its prime. But I applaud the aspiration. And and attempt behind it. That that's uh, mid '90s Apple in a nutshell, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was also Something when it was introduced cool. at, at at the keynote. That was that was the the endless Gil Emilio keynote. That that it's still going. That, that they're still going. <laughs> that it was endless because the big reveal was going to be that Steve Jobs was coming back to Apple, and apparently Steve Jobs, so the story goes, um, was just taking his sweet time. He knew that Emilio was out there. Trying to fill space, fill time, fill time, fill time, and so they—they, they, I think they—they they introduced the 20th anniversary Mac first, and then they brought Waz and Jobs on stage, and I think Emilio said something like, "And the first two are for you know Jobs and 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 Wozniak," and they were both looking like like you could tell Jobs was like seriously, seriously you're. You're going to voice this on me on stage? Great. There is actually a circle of hell where it's nothing but listening to Gil Emilio and Stan Stigman from... <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs is always about to come out from behind stage, but he never does. He never does. Never does. It just goes on forever. No exit. All right, 20th anniversary, Mac. Interesting pick. Interesting pick. Serenity, what do you have? All right, well, I'm also going to go sentimental, and I'm going to go sort of inspirational. Um, and my pick is the second-generation Newton Messens pad. Um, the Newton, again, one of those computers that we would probably now call a device, but still a computer in of itself, uh, a hand-me-down from my father, as, uh, as the PowerBook Duo was. Uh, but mostly I thought it was really cool because at the point that I had it, which I think was 99, 2000, no one knew what they were anymore, especially not people my age. So when I was walking around with them and my classmates would be like, what is that? I'm like, oh, well, it's a computer that I can not quite fit in my pocket, but I can carry with me. It's, it's the size of a book. I can write on it. Look, it recognizes my handwriting sometimes. Egg sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Eat up, Martha. And I, because I'm a horrible person and I knew more about technology than most of my friends um, or classmates who I hated, I would occasionally expound on what the Newton could do. So I believe one time in history class, I was sort of hanging out at the end of the class, and one of my friends was like, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm using the Newton to capture all of the notes on the board. They'll then be digitized, and I'll have them, and I won't have to do any writing. And of course, the kids were like, that's kind of cool. I don't want to do any writing. I'm like, 
Yeah, well, they don't make them anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I was a jerk in middle school. And but... those were the first people to ever want a Newton. <laughs> and the last. Yes. But now, but now I can do that with you this. You can do that. That's so right. clearly ahead of my time. All right. The Newton message pad. We'll call that a computer, sure. It's not a robot. It's not a phone. It's not a robot. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. David, what do you have for so us? So here we are, the third round. I, I can't believe my pick hasn't been picked up yet. 1985, I went to school. I had been using command line computers all the time. And I sat in front of the original 128K Mac. And I... Unbelievable that it has not gone pandering, Shame on pandering. all of you. Well, I, I'll tell you, that computer changed my life. When I saw that control panel and they had the tortoise and the hare, it, my head exploded. <laughs> It was only with a lot of difficulty he was able to put it back together again. I still haven't got it all back Man together. Man before you now. Still missing parts. But what a great computer. It, it just changed the way I thought about computers entirely. And it's probably the reason I'm sitting here. I, I, didn't, I couldn't afford one. I begged my parents. I wouldn't buy one. But I went to school every day on my Schwinn 10-speed. And they were nice enough to let me sit there for like eight hours at a time and play on a computer. And I didn't have to save the cassette tape anymore, and that was kind of nice, too. <laughs> what a great computer. Very cool. All right. I can't argue with that. Yeah. The original 128K Mac. Okay, it's my turn to go, and I'm going to go with the crazy pick. My choice is Landru, the computer that runs the entire society on Planet Beta 3 in a, the episode Return of the Archons of the original Star Trek. Wow. It got a applause. It Obscure got a one, one of One of Grown. many planet-wide society controlling computers encountered in Star Trek. How many people in the audience have heard of this computer ever? <laughs> Land one, room. Oh, wow. One, two, yeah, that three, was four, five. That was a mistake. Nine. Congratulations. Hey, we are at How many people are applauding because they want to sound really cool? See, like, oh, so, yeah. yeah. I know I that. Totally this. Uh, so yeah. the USS Archon lands on Beta 3, and, and and by the time the Enterprise gets there, they find that this is a strange, oppressive mind control society run by sort of uh, zombie people. And at its heart is their leader, Landru, who appears as a hologram as if he was a man, because they think perhaps he was a man in the past. It turns out, of course, that Landru is, in fact, a computer that is controlling the society. And you think, well, okay, this is a sci-fi story. They're going to find some way to destroy the computer. They do, but not through phasers or anything else. They talk to the computer and convince it that what it's doing is wrong and that the best thing for the people of Beta 3 would be if it would very kindly self-destruct. Which it agrees and does. Well done. Well argued, Captain Kirk. I knew that debate team would come in handy later. That's deep catalog. So right Landru, because how many computers run an entire society for hundreds of years? Okay, there are lots if you've watched Star Trek especially. But Landru, I always liked Landru from Return of the Archons, so that's my pick. He can run my planetary slaver society any day. Uh, Do we, we have time for a lightning round? We have time for another round. Oh, not a whole another round. Okay. So uh, we're going to go back around one again. Bring out your backup picks, Jeff Carlson. <laughs> oh, these are all my backup picks. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, now the real picks. Oh, oh, oh now the real picks. Oh, um, I'm, uh, I'm just going to be contrary to you, and I'm going to say... Um, not you know, society controlling computers. I, I'm going to go real world. Um, I'm going to say the PowerBook 100. I know. Oh, I, I know you. You, 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 only you, you shot it down. Pick. That mighty 68,000 processor in there. <laughs> one of the cool things about the the 100 um, was it was it was very thin and light. Um, the uh, from a trivia pr- perspective, it's interesting because it was actually built by Sony instead of in, instead of Apple. 
Um, it, it, it was my first laptop, so therefore it is immediately important to everybody. Um, but what was really cool was because, um, you know, battery life was really quite terrible, what you could do is you could load basically everything into a RAM disk and put the hard drive to sleep and get like an extra 30 minutes or an hour from the battery. And so I had a keyboard shortcut to do that. Wow. To sleep the yeah. Yeah. Good times. So so like it, it was it, it was purely like 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 this is a writing computer. It's not going to really do anything more than just let me write, but it was still that I I I wish that I had had that when I was uh doing new newspaper stuff in college where I had a Mac Classic that I would put over in a big shoulder bag and ride my bike across campus yeah. to the newspaper office. Portable. Portable. Yeah. Yes. No, that's that, that had, I think, the guts of the Mac Portable inside it, and it was unlike all the other PowerBooks yeah. um, to, make it, so, to make it cheaper Yeah. And, and built by Sony. All right, good one. Dan Frakes, what's Thank your you. last pick? I, you know, I was going to do the Mac Pro, and then now you've got me thinking about laptops, and I just thought of... The, 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 the PowerBook line, then they had a whole series of them, different names, Pismo and Lombard and all those, with the removable, um, the, the side, um, I can't even think what it was. The expansion base. Expansion base. Yeah. Yeah. So you could like, today I need a hard drive. Oh, oh the, 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 oh, the, the G3. Yeah, 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 yeah that whole line. Yeah. 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 I had a Pismo, I love that. Today love I need that. longer battery life. Be gone, hard drive, here's another, hard, here's another battery. And you could do zip disk. Zip disk, optical drive, hard drive, batteries. It was a really cool idea, and I'd forgotten I even had those, and at the time, I loved that. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. So is there a computer in here? Is, the, yes, is that the, your pick? The, that's the, that, the, that, the Whatever that one was? Yes. The the Power 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 the, yeah, okay, but it was yeah. the line. It's they did, the zip drive, actually. Right, they had like right, four. It was Lombard, yeah. Wall Street, Pismo. Pismo. Sure. Yeah. I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, so, the bronze keyboard. Yeah, right, the bronze keyboard. I have, a, I have one. Still I one of the coolest keyboards. still has one of those that he currently uses. He uses? He has upgraded it to its maximum possible capacity. Yeah. It's so running, it's like I 2001. think, Panther. Yeah. yeah, it's running Panther right That's now. That's like a 100 megahertz processor in there. Yeah. And he uses it for surfing the web and sending emails when he's sitting on the couch watching television. Because so in about apparently five years, the iPhone doesn't gonna, use. In about iPad. five years, he's going to hand it down to you? Is that yeah. It? Yep. yeah. And then he'll get an I iBook. do need a new laptop. <clears throat> All right, Dan, what do you have? Um, you ever see the movie Sneakers? Yes. yes, the black box from sneakers. <laughs> is that a no, computer? It's a computer. A com- it's a code oh. breaker. Uh, it is the code breaker in the words. Uh, all right. <laughs> wow. It doesn't hey, even I'm have a name. That black box from the sneakers. Black, no, the black box. The that black thing. box. All right. Well, specifically, I say, it's a code secrets. breaker. It's it the me. code breaker. Wow. C-Tech uh, Astronomy, if Too many secrets. It cracks every code known to man. And including the power grid, the air traffic control, uh, the Federal Reserve, and many other things. It's- I have a theory that you cannot ha- have a conversation with you for more than about 50 minutes without sneakers coming up. It's the one of the greatest movies ever made, so... Yeah. It is. Well, <laughs> there you go. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Actually, earlier, didn't he say my voice and my password in this podcast? Too? I did reference voice, yes, voice authentication, yes. but I decided not to spoil my own pick. All right, we got a couple more picks before we go. Serenity, what do you have? Well, I was going to pick the Wall Street, but thank you, Frank. Uh-huh. Uh, so I guess for my last pick, I will have to go close to the heart and pick my very first Mac that was my own that I got with uh, as a birthday present and then partially with my own money which was the original Bondi Blue iMac 
Um, oh, good. It gosh. was beautiful. It was mine. It was colorful. I could run Photoshop 3 on it, and I got really excited. I had that computer for pretty much uh, two, three, four years of high school until I got a PowerBook at the very end of that. Um, and it was, I, I loved, I loved that like, like a baby. It was, I, I am sad that I don't have it in my apartment right now. It's in a garage somewhere, but someday I will put it on display as the, as the wonderful thing it is. One of these days you're going to mention you need a new computer and your father's going to say, well, how about this body blue iMac? And you'll say, but that was already my computer. It goes great, with the, wall, the, it goes the, great with that wall circle. Yeah. Wall circle. <laughs> There's still the, the If lamp. you put together the Wall Street, the body blue iMac and a Newton message pad, you've almost got an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Very close. <laughs> All right, David, what do you have? For I, your I've got to go to the Starship Enterprise and the uh, Enterprise computer. Uh, which I strong, it was which on one? I strongly consider it. Well, isn't it the same one all the time? I it's don't all, think so. It's always ready to self-destruct, but stop at the last minute. <laughs> It always, That's has a feature. A, it always has a very poor password, something like X235, <laughs> now self-destruct. Well, I, I believe I, I believe it's 1-1, one, one, self-destruct 1. Yes. That's classy. Don't forget taking the shields down. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's important, too. There's a remote code that yep. can do that, four-digit four number. It's, uh, it, it, it's the computer to run any spaceship that you're going to drive. If I had a spaceship, I would want that computer. Would you, with Major Barrett's voice? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, and when it when it goes kablooey, um, it calls everyone dear, which is nice. That's yeah. a little known. Well, fact. you know, it's touching. Yeah, because it's about to end. Yeah. Yeah. Now, All right. Now I'm sad. Jason, okay, finish it up. up. All right. Well, with the last pick, I uh, I was tempted to pick the 12 inch PowerBook, which is the spiritual uh, ancestor of the MacBook Air line. Um, which was uh, it was underpowered and weird and I didn't care because it was uh, but it was awesome it, it was, was awesome and inches. small and uh, so much computing power in such a small space but I'm gonna go with what may be my all-time favorite Mac and it is actually the one that I have today which is the 11 inch impossibly small MacBook Air it's got the SSD it's got that i5 or i7 processor mine's got an i7 in it it can do anything I would ever want a Mac to do. It's super powerful, and it's incredibly tiny. There are three 11-inch MacBook Air users up here yeah. right now. Um, Join four. us. Four, you have 11? Yes. All right. As, okay, the, as the followers four. of Landrew would say, are you of the body? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we have, we have, so there's six of us, four rounds, 24 computers, some of which actually exist and some of which are it flights of fancy. And HAL 9000 never HAL 9000 is an You don't want him. He's just going to kill you. <laughs> also, Kit's uh, evil twin car. Still oh, on that's board. right. So, David Lord was not here. He would have picked car. That's right. Car. Anyway, I hope that we have really wasted an hour of your time with our ridiculous <laughs> picks. Thanks to everybody on my panel for being here. David Sparks, Serenity Caldwell, Dan Moore, and Dan Frakes, Jeff Carlson. I'm Jason Snell. This has been the Incomparable Podcast Live. We'll see you next time. <laughs>